We'd like to welcome you back to part two of our emergency freedom alerts for July 31st, 2022. I'm going to switch gears here and I'm going to play um, a clip here from um, Pete McMaster, the deliverance minister in Tasmania that I've, I've put out a lot of his information in the past. Um, he's done a lot of the the studies I've done on the anointing oil, the the supercharged anointing oil you can make, you know, by playing the King James through the anointing oil, uh, just like olive oil. Uh, he was the one that uh, told me about that and the effects that he was seeing on the witches and warlocks that they were dealing with there in Tasmania. He's got another testimony that he said, I can't really play it because it, you can't really hear her that great. And I know it wouldn't come across on the audio very well at all. But I mean, it was, it was like throwing, I mean, this woman was dealing with, and I think she was also a high, I don't know if she was a former high priestess, but she came out of it. Pete helped her out, I believe it his wife. And um, <clears throat> they came to her house and she was throwing it over the fence. They were talking to her on the other side and it was, I guess it was hitting hitting them, and it was like burning them like battery acid. This anointing oil. Uh, I've been, mine's been down in the. Uh, I, I use mine, but I've had a perpetual supply with the King James Bible in a bin in my basement for years now. Years, it's been in there with the KJV twenty four seven going through it. Um. <clears throat> So that's what I use when I go out. Now, I I don't get out as much as I used to um, because the ministry constraints, but um, I believe the day is coming where I'm going to be using a whole lot more of it probably. Anyway, um, this is entitled Witches Uncovered in Tasmania. And uh, Pete preaches at an African church on the witchcraft in Tasmania. And his book is Born to Fight. The Uprising of an Exorcist. And you can get it for free on his website, www.soulwinners, just one word, soulwinners.com.au, as in Australia. Now, I give you his link, I give you the link to the website and all his other things that are on his site there. Uh, let's see, yeah. Anyway, um, that's all. That's all there. And then his email address and I believe his other contact info. So, I'm going to go ahead and play this. for Brother Peter McMaster. This is the preacher introducing him. Pete, Peter McMaster. Pete McMaster is his name. Thank you, Atenas. Thank you, Pastor. Nice to see you here again. God bless you. God bless you all. Thanks for coming. Uh, today, I want to share some stuff that's going on in Tasmania. You won't hear anywhere else. The other churches, they don't want to know about it. This stuff we got involved in, like Pastor Atenas was just saying, they don't believe it. They don't believe it's real. Even when the witches are putting up, like I said yesterday, 20 meter high, upside down, inverted blood red crosses. 20, 20 meter high, upside down, inverted blood red crosses in Tasmania, in that main city. Now, I put out pictures of those in that whole festival they have 
every year there um, in Hobart, I believe. Um, it's just as wicked and as evil as you can possibly imagine. I mean, it's so over the top. You key in Tasmania in the keyword search box at continuefortruth.com. You'll find all the teachings where I've reported on this and where I've put out other I did a whole one on the anointing oil. If you want to know more about that, just key in anointing oil. You should be able to find it pretty easy. And the PDFs were a lot of what Pete sent me, like the actual pictures of, of things uh, going on down there, uh, how they were using the oil. Uh, all the particulars is, is in that, that teaching. I think I've covered this more than once, though, as well. In Tasmania, climbing Hobart for their own, and the, the churches, some of them said, oh, maybe that's wrong, where they can't see, they, they're blinded by whatever it is, blinded by, you know, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, blinded by religion, blinded by tradition, who knows? What Cowardice, how's that one too? Cowardice, I mean... I'm sorry, but if, if I saw that going on overtly in my, I mean, you go straight toward it. You, you do not shirk back when it comes to stuff like that. You know, I mean, we're, you know, the, the fear of man bringeth a snare. And if you're a, a fr I mean, as a pastor, I'm, I'm not saying that all the, the women and the children should go out there. I'm saying, yeah, you should be called, but I believe this is more of a, and, and women can be called. I'm not saying they can't be called to do this, but I'm talking about direct confrontation with Satanists or Luciferians or these types of things. Um, that's more in, into what I'm in reference to. They reject the truth, but in Hosea 4.6, it says, My people perish for lack of knowledge. And, but then God goes on to say, But because you rejected knowledge, I'll reject you. The time has come where he wants his church, his people, to rise up against this trouble, this strife, this filth and perversion that the enemy's come and trying to infiltrate into Tasmania against the Christians. He hates you. The devil hates you. The devil wants you dead. Like I was saying yesterday, the devil's got the world. He's got them where he wants. They're all going to hell. We need to be out there saving them. You all, all know that. I don't have to expand on that. But he wants us to fall backwards. He wants us to open doors through sin so the enemy can come in and destroy us. It says in the word, the thief comes not but to steal, to kill and to destroy. But Jesus said, I've come to give life and life more abundant. But the life that he gives, it's not dished up on a silver platter. You may get saved, you may get a healing and deliverance. If you keep seeking God, God says, if you seek me, you'll find me when you search for me with all your heart. We're not just to come up and treat God like Santa Claus. Say, give me, give me, give me. I, 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 I want, I want, I want. He's so much more than that. He wants a relationship. He wants to be our father. He wants us to be his children. And he'll give Give us the things we desire. It says he'll give us the desires of our heart. So we really, I nearly tripped myself up there then. <laughs> I like walking around. I can't. I have trouble standing in the one place. So sorry about those looking on the camera. If if the camera wasn't there, I'd be right over everywhere. But anyway, this is what's going on in Tasmania. And um, where, where will I start? We I got a phone call. 
because I come out of witchcraft myself, I'd already had a battle with the high-level Rosicrucians when I exposed them on YouTube, and I got used to the fight. I got used to the war. And the things that Atanas just said, Pastor Atanas, about the dreams, the fighting in the dreams, hundreds of them. I've had hundreds of battles like that. With weapons, they've got weapons, lions, alligators, crocodiles, you know, tigers, everything, snakes, everything. They send everything against you that, that they possibly can. And it's not all the same people. They've all got the abilities to attack in your mind, but not just in your mind with dreams. They attack with emotional torment, emotional struggles. They'll attack. There's, there's, there's this Satanist witchcraft that's here in Tasmania. They attack with fear. They attack with emotional, like, shock. They're the ones that come in in the astral plane. They're the ones who will visit and bring horror and terror in the night, the nightmares, where the Masonic witch... Well, they've, they've tried to come here. <laughs> Didn't work out too good for them. <laughs> uh, if you want to... Mm. <laughs> I, I've told this re reports before, but yeah. Um, that's why it's so important to stay prayed up and, uh, you know, be engaged in, in spiritual warfare. Uh, because if you're if you're in this fight, you do not want to let your guard down. And there's a lot of factors to that, and I've covered that in other studies, and he's going to cover that more here too. But yeah, they'll they'll try anything that they can possibly do to take you out. We've just been battling against the high-level Freemasons too. God sent me to war. I like, I'm a warrior in the spirit. I like the spiritual warfare because I win. If I keep the door shut, if I keep the gate shut, if I don't let the enemy in, God will give us the victory every time. He'll bless us and he'll lead us on and he'll strengthen us and he'll equip us with everything we need for the battle. So if it depends on what your ministry is, where you're at. What what God's got, the path he's got for you is maybe not the path right. that he's got for me right. or, or the path he's got for these men. These men are on their path. Yeah, so um, again, I've said this before, but the Bob... Um, where the Bible talks about the body of Christ and can the finger say the eye depart of me I have no need of you uh, the body of Christ has different functions we're not all called to do the exact same thing and that's important but no other part of the body is better than another part just because it does a certain function because if you start feeling that way then that's pride so you, you want to guard against that as well my path you got to find your path you got to find what God wants because he's got the gifts for you. He's got the Holy Spirit in abundance. He's got life and joy. You know, we get a lot of, um, like, we feel so blessed to serve God, especially when we know he's moving. So we got to seek God these days like never before. And now we'll get back to where I started. A, a woman rang me. She was in hospital. She'd been on... Um, the, the machines that would keep her alive a couple of times. She said, I said, what's the matter? And she said, um, I'm dying. I've got kidney trouble, heart trouble, you know, um, my stomach, everything. Everything was wrong. I'm tormented, nightmares. 
actually said, and I'm a high, I was a high priestess in the satanic kingdom in Tasmania. And like I said yesterday, they are... So if you didn't catch that, she was a high priestess in the kingdom of Satan in uh, Tasmania, I believe is what he said. The dollars they got them, two big boats, cost a lot of money constantly going to lead people out of the perversion, to try to corrupt them and lead them astray and bring them into the kingdom. What they're doing, they're recruiting for um, the Satan, Satanists. And then through Dark Mofo in the town... Now, Dark Mofo, what he just mentioned, that's the that festival, that satanic festival there where all the pagans and occultists and witches and warlocks and that I've reported on. Uh, you could probably keep Dark Mofo, M-O-F-O, it's not, doesn't stand for something good. Um, so I apologize there. But that that's the name of their thing and that's what he battles uh when they come into town now i'm not saying it's the only thing he battles but yeah that's one of the things that they go against when they have the dark mofo festival they are they're bringing thousands of these witches high level satanists the ones who are doing blood rituals and blood sacrifices every week down here in tasmania thousands of them they get in tasmania i found out through deliverance not through this woman but through others you know, interrogating demons, that they were getting Tasmania ready for the elite. What's going on over on the... the They're getting Tasmania ready for the elite, because you, you might not be... He talked quick, and, and obviously he has the accent um, you, you'd have there if you lived in Tasmania. So... I want to make sure you're getting everything. So they're, they're... Just kind of like New Zealand is one of those havens for the elite for probably when the order out of chaos hits the new world order out of chaos and they got to destroy the old world order to bring in the new there are going to be certain havens probably you know around the planet new zealand's one of them i believe tasmania is one of them there's probably a lot of enclaves out there where they will go as a place of satanic refuge um, overseas they want chaos, they want confusion, they want war, they want destruction, but they want their hiding place, they want yep. their safe place, and Tasmania was going to be that safe place. Tasmania, the Hollywood people were coming, the, um, the elite were coming to hide, but now we've been at war with them, and they haven't bothered me for about 10 months because we've won, they've been scattering. I'm only one, and there's only a few others that are helping in the war, but, you know, it says... When we put an effort in, one can chase us a thousand and two, ten thousand. Hardly anybody wants to do this. I mean, seriously, this is hardly... To me, this is the most exciting thing in Christianity. If I could just do this 24-7, like engage in this, which is what I really believe, like when, like, let's say contending for... I mean, let's face it, when they take down the internet, you know, if if... Um, I'm allowed to continue if God permits, and I'm not going to say they do if God allows that. You know, I think this will be my full-time calling. There is nothing in my life that I get more satisfaction, more excitement about than this subject. Literally engaging the forces of darkness. Because I want to see people get saved, and I want to see God's name be glorified. And I want to see the fear of God fall upon people because I know the fear of God will lead them, at least a certain percentage of them, to repentance. And they're going to realize that their master, Satan, isn't so all-powerful. That they're on the losing team. 
And I think that's important that that's your motivator because you don't want to do it just because, oh, I want to see them all annihilated and destroyed. You, you want to, that's not, I don't think God's really going to honor that. Not to say that that's not going to probably happen, you know, because obviously most of them aren't going to repent. Um, but that's God's business. Oh, so the, the, over the years, the attacks that they put on the I was sending them back. We got the ability, like that scripture I read yesterday, you know, um, Luke 10, 19, Behold, I, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, nothing by any means shall hurt you. But then, then God says, um, then Jesus said, but you know, uh, don't be so happy that you have power over the demons, but that rather that your name is written in heaven. Yeah, amen. Which he just said, yeah, so what? You've got power over the demons. That's nothing. Rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Yeah. Rejoice that God's using you. But we've got to come to that point where um, we know the authority and the power that is given to all of us as born-again believers. We've got to understand that. We've got to come to know that. And the anointing of the Holy Ghost that he can give anybody that steps into the battle and say, Here I am, God. What do you want me to do? Use me. So th this, is the, this is where we've got to be. This is where we've got to go. And I don't really know where you are at. I'm, I hear Pastor Atanas talk and I know you've got a lot of understanding, more than most of the people in the West, more than these other places that, that um, are just going round and round and round in circles and I'm blessed by that. You know, I loved hearing the preaching when I was in Africa because they're, they're so wide awake to the spiritual trouble and strife that the devil's coming at. And they've got so much understanding about sin, about keeping the doors shut. So anyway, this woman... In other words, not having a lot or, or open doors of sin in your life is what he's in reference to there. Prayed for her over the phone. She was out of hospital. She, come, she got massive deliverance and she was out in a few days. And then the war started. As soon as that happened, the high priest... Who's, who's a member of this, they started at me. wasn't just, it was a few for a start. They just treated me like I was some, you know, baby Christian or someone who didn't know anything, and I'd already been through battles. <laughs> I, mean, I went through that with that Jasmine, the black-eyed witch. She sent me that selfie. Just getting Jasmine in the keyword search box. You can see a picture of her. Um, she's not human, but... Um, she she she's so talked down to me and i love that so much she's like you're just this little insignificant worm i've dealt with far greater um high anglican priests and stuff like that with greater grandeur than you'll ever be <laughs> it was so hilarious oh and i told her i said bring it oh please bring it because she said she was gonna get me in my sleep in in basically i don't know like gut me alive after after she asked her projected on me and in and gonna i don't know bring me to wherever and i said please jasmine please do it <laughs> please try it <laughs> and see how it works out for you i said all day every day <laughs> we'll see who gets the victory and it's weird i never ever heard from her again and that was she was tied in with that group of witches in Germany, that very high level that was trying to uh, kill me. 
and um, first-hand witch that saw the three witches that um, uh, were astral projecting here to the house from uh, Germany and first-hand account of the witch that was there or at least one of the witches were there guarding the bodies because when you're in astral projection you're totally helpless and she didn't email me till a long time later but she emailed me and she said I was there I saw it happen when they tried to astral project to your house and she said the main witch she said I was watching her and her hair turned gray instantly it just turned like gray like you ever hear those you ever hear those horror stories of um that that opening that portal to hell that I want to report on soon I wasn't able to get to it I had a listener ask me about that and they they would um lower men and this was like in the I don't even know 1600s or whatever they would lower men down into it and they would come up and they would be aged like 30 years and their hair would be gray and they'd be crazy it can happen that quick that type of thing now that was from demons and devils and in the, the fear there but this was um she said it her hair turned gray like instantly in that she started smashing her head on like this stone that was all it was an old stone church really old church forget what denomination and um she said that all of the witches when they when they got over the this hill and they saw my house that all of them in this in their what they call their astral projected spirit spirit body started twirling they had no more they could they had no direction and the the lead witch that was there trying to kill me um she that at the same time in her body her hair turned gray and she started smashing her head on this uh the the stone that was there because it was a stone church and she killed herself dead in a bag of hammers sorry but you know you're messing with things you shouldn't have messed with i didn't even know who they were i didn't even know they were after me that that was like totally i had no clue about them the other two survived the other two witches did survive and i hope to god they got saved but the the witch that actually saw this taking place <laughs> ended up becoming a listener of mine and got saved because she saw who had the you know it wasn't me that had the power it was it was what the lord jesus christ did but that's just one of the a couple of the the many stories about you know that one guy that tried to astral project in here that one time to kill taylor coming down the hall taylor saw him and i was in bed sleeping and, and she asked lord instantly what should i do god and, and he said cut his silver cord in jesus's name and she and just as he was getting to her door there was no time to get me up i guess and i think god wanted to do this to build her faith to to really build her um her up you know and she said in jesus name i cut your silver cord and she said it, he was right at the threshold of her door and she could see him now i don't i'm i don't know if his body was transparent or she's not here right now so I, I'd, I'd ask her but um she said she saw a look of unmitigated horror come across his face because see the silver cord is what connects us to soul and soul and spirit the bible talks about the silver cord the, the bible talks about if the silver cord ever be loosed it's in the end of ecclesiastes and it's associated with death and if you're in an astral projected state and your silver cord gets cut you die your physical body dies and you go straight to hellfire and that's what happened to this guy she said he just got sucked down into in, into the into the um 
basically into the floor. He went straight to hell. Now, I don't, I don't know how many more times that's happened where God hasn't even revealed it to us. I don't know. Um, this is why I'm so thankful for your prayers <laughs> and, and um, these types of things. So, But to me, that, I mean, listen, I don't want these people to go to hell, but I also do not want them to prosper in wickedness. I don't want them to be successful in their mission to kill Christians because if they kill me, they're just going to go do it to someone else. It's going to embolden them even more. No, 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 no. What happens when these people get judged and other, like that one witch who turned in my listener, when they see it, all men will see and fear and declare the work of God, according to Psalm 64. And that's what we want. Because they'll think twice before ever dabbling in that stuff again. Because they're going to see who, who really has the true power. But you have to have the faith to believe, number one, that God can protect you. You know, because without faith, it is impossible to please God. There's a lot more to it, but um, yeah, this is this is to me the the most exciting stuff. You know, a, a, that a Christian could do. But see, again, that's my that's more my callings. That this is more my. So I get super, super, mega ramped and excited when this subject comes up because I am called to this. Um. You might have another person that's like, oh, I don't want to deal. I don't. Well, that's probably not your calling. You know, it's not that anybody's better than anyone else. Just you know, not your your calling. But you don't want to be afraid of it either. You 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 want to have the courage to because we're all, we all are called to engage in spiritual warfare. Period. And there's so few that do it. You know, um, so that's you know that's kind of the um, situation we're in. And they were cursing me, left, right, and centre. And then it built up and built up. And in the end, the first couple of months, I had to sleep on my bed. I couldn't get undressed. I was just under a blanket on my bed. I was up every night because they were coming every night. And the, the numbers increased and increased and increased. And in the end, there's like 300 of them in the state, 300 of them doing uh, blood rituals, blood sacrifices against me because I chose to help this woman who was in this witchcraft uh, cult for 40 years and no one ever knew they existed until they put them crosses up. They just thought this Mona was just a filthy museum. But then when they put the... the crosses, the upside down crosses, these gigantic ones they put up in the middle of, I believe, Hobart. Up, they pushed too hard. They they revealed their hand, and, and people woke up. But they were doing rituals. They were doing sacrifices against me. They were sending everything against me and my wife and her. You know, every attack under the sun. But we prevailed because we we I already knew about the fight, and God was letting things in to even equip me in a greater way, to strengthen me in a greater way. That's, that's just what I said about Taylor with that one time that happened to her. Because that, that's not never happened before since then, something like that. But she needed to be equipped and she needed to have that as a frame of reference to see the power of God. The, the um, you know, just the power of the name of Jesus Christ. Not that she didn't know that, but it's it's different when you're when you're dealing with somebody who's asked for projecting, you know. I was grateful for that. Yeah, amen. amen. Some of it was hard. Some of it thinking, God. Oh Lord. man, I mean the the stuff that 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 I've been through. I mean all those voodoo high priests I dealt with back in Florida and how they were trying to kill me and um, 
that testimony and all the times I've done. I mean, I am grateful for every single time I can go through that. I mean, it might not be fun in the moment or whatever, but I am grateful for it, you know, because um, it's just another way ultimately for God to get more glory and for me to be better equipped. And to me, to be able to come to you and then say, hey, look what God did. I mean, this is awesome. I didn't do it, but look at what the Lord Jesus Christ did. <laughs> I mean, that is, if that don't get you fired up, your wood's wet. Get me out of here. What do I do? I'm stirred up a, a beehive, and now I don't know where they're coming from, how, you know, what they're doing. They were sending things in the mail. They were throwing curses over the fence at this woman, and she's four hours away up the road there, which was sending her to hospital. She couldn't even walk near them. They'd be in the yard of a house. So she couldn't even walk because they were sending so many curses at her. And she was a high priestess, and she probably wasn't, you know, obviously equipped to handle all this. Baby Christian, most likely. And they were trying to isolate her and, and kill her, I imagine. She couldn't go up that end of the house until we had to go through and pick them out of the garden. But in their, um, in their pride, thinking that they've always won, <laughs> the... Uh, they kept throwing the stuff in the same corner of the garden. So every time there was something wrong, we just get in the garden and there it is again. So they kept throwing physical objects. They throw all kind of weird stuff, talisman and notes sometimes and just all kind of weird stuff. They'll throw it, try to get it on your property and to bring curses on you. And there it is again. How silly are these people? Can't they think? Can't they figure it out? And we destroy the curse and, you know... And I recommend if you get in that situation, you find any of that kind of stuff, that you burn it. Um, break it, burn it. Uh, that time I found that voodoo bottle, that bottle of Haitian rum that was buried when I was a chiropractor, that that voodoo high priest was using to try to kill me. Uh, you can't my supernatural experiences if you want to know more about some of these things. It's not all on there, but it's, some of them are. And they had buried this bottle of Haitian rum. I probably these. I, I found out this clinic across the way was trying was um, doing all kind of illegal stuff. They were staging accidents and paying for patients and <laughs> all Haitians. And that was crazy. That was a crazy time in my life. And uh, it wasn't. I was working with an MD at the time and. It was just, it was a mess. We weren't doing anything wrong, okay? They were. But I had a lot of Haitian clientele at that particular time in my life. And um, God showed me where that bottle was. I was just in my clinic one day. It was like, you know, I think it was August in Southwest Florida. And we're talking, you know, high 90s. I'm in full, what I always wear every day, a white dress shirt, tie, dress pants, dress shoes and I walk out the side and I, I felt like I had this compulsion to and I'm telling this because I know my listeners might have heard the story but if you're new you might not have heard the story and God directed me I believe to where exactly this bottle was I had to walk out the side door of this clinic I was at I walked to the back and then there was this little um, there was a fence, but there between the building I was in and the fence, there was a little path and it was a little mulch bed. And I took about, I don't know, I made, I made a right onto the mulch bed and I don't know, two or three, four steps maybe. And I 
I felt stop here and then I looked down and I saw this piece of visqueen this black that black stuff they put down to keep the mulch from like if the rains come the mulch won't sink down into the ground it'll stay on top of the black plastic and I, I noticed that it was kind of ruffled up and I'm and I just had this thought in my head push that aside I didn't hear an audible voice but I just these were all heavy feelings I was having I pushed to the side with my foot and um, I was looking at the bottom of a bottle and I pulled it out of the ground. It was a full fifth of Haitian rum. I'm like, what is this? The label was missing. It was buried upside down, had a red cap, it was clear glass, red cap with a white star. So it was like a pentagram on the cap, but it was probably a brand of Haitian rum you could go buy wherever. And it said R-H-U-M on the side, which I believe is rum in like French because it's French Haitian. And um, took that sucker around. <laughs> I showed it. We had a driver and he was Haitian. I showed it to Abner and Claire was our secretary and she was Haitian. They came out. Oh my word. You would have thought the world had ended when I showed him that bottle. Because I put it down on, on the concrete because there was this concrete stuff out back, the steps. And he comes out the door, and as soon as they see it, they knew exactly what it was. I didn't tell him what I'd done. I didn't tell him anything. I just said, hey, Abner, what, what's what's up with this? And he comes out, and oh, my, were you, again, you thought the end of the world happened. They were just going, you talk about drama queens. Just, oh, you touched that. Oh, no. They were just screaming. I'm like, guys, calm down. I'm like, my God, whatever this is, my God's way bigger than this. And Abner starts going and spitting on, and they're supposedly Christians, and he's spitting on it. I don't know some Haitian thing or whatever, because they all they all are very very familiar with voodoo. Um, Claire's just going crazy, and Abner, and I'm like, oh my word! And so he goes in and he gets a plastic bag. Remember, it was a Walmart bag. It's funny how much recall I've got, because sometimes I can't remember what I did yesterday, but I remember this like it was yesterday, and. Because he didn't want to touch it. He's like, did you touch that? Did you touch it? He kept that. And I'm like, yeah, I touched it. Oh, well, I'm good. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. They had come in before that. They had broken in and put this white voodoo witch powder all over the office. In my office, they overturned my chair and stuff. I think they stole something. They stole like a CD player or something. I don't know. And I mean, and I was, you know, I was more, I wasn't. I mean, I wasn't as up on these things as I, I am now, but I, I was definitely engaging them in a spiritual warfare battle for sure. They had hired this priest, this voodoo priest, the the attorney across the way that was doing the illegal stuff, that was staging accidents. I used to have his business card, but I got rid of it because I, I didn't want it. had a pentagram on it and all these potion things. Something Jean and it said, High Priest of Voodoo on it. It's actually added. And that was, Claire had went over there one day and got his business card. She's like, this is the guy that they hired to, you know, take you out. Just so you know. I'm like, praise the Lord. <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs> Let's see who's God's greater. And I know I'm going to win. So Abner takes the bottle and he, I, I really wish I had my wits more about me because what I really wanted to do is march the bottle right across the way and put it on their their desk and say, hey, I think you misplaced something here. That might not have been a good idea though because then they, may, they might have been able to rebury it or something. But um, he didn't let me. He 
took it, whisked it away, got in his little car, and from what I heard, he threw it in the Clusahatchee River, which is the river there in Fort Myers, which is where I was at at the time. And, um, you know, unfortunately, I heard a few years later that Abner had got shot in the head, killed, you know. Um, they didn't have the, anybody that had any dealings with that realm. I remember he came in one day limping real bad, and they put that white voodoo witch powder in front of his door. And it kind of crippled him up for a little bit. But um, when it was all said and done, and I know I've said this story before, Claire came to me at the end. And we had kind of been, the one thing I would say is, is we were we were fighting. But I think it was affecting them, not so much me. And I had been having, you know, Haitian people are hard to deal with, period. Okay, it's it's a whole other animal here. And, you know, Claire came to me one day in my office and she said, I, I think she wanted to apologize. And she said, I, I, I want you to know what they've been trying to do. Because this is when I got full disclosure. Now, this was probably, oh, man. Um, probably around 2000, like 22 years ago. I don't know, 21. And she said, um, you know, she told me all the stuff about this voodoo priest but I think I already knew about it at that point. The guy that across the way. And that he had been hired to kill me. But she said it went farther than that. She said, every voodoo high priest from here to Okeechobee, which you've heard me talk a lot about Okeechobee, if you've been my listener for a while, all the way to Miami, to the other coast, every voodoo high priest witch doctor knows about this and how they're trying to kill you. And I don't know if they were trying, if they were participating in it. She really didn't say. But she attributed, like, part of the the thing about us maybe not getting along as well as we should have, at least in part to that. Um, uh, most of it was probably because they were lazy. But <laughs> I, mean, I was, I, I was the, because oh, she, I, yeah, she said that her uncle was a voodoo high priest in Okeechobee. That's... Yeah, and and that he told her that's what it was that he told her this, and it's weird because that's where um, Rebecca Brown ended up settling with um, Elaine and that to set the captives free. Now I'm going to be talking about that maybe today. I don't know if I'm going to get to it, but um, that was one of the spiritual warfare books that I've talked about in the past. But that's what that's what she told me is. is as much as I can, to the best of my recollection, is God is my witness. And that was one of the the, the many things that the Lord's pulled me through um, and, and brought me through. And I, I was just so grateful for being able to experience that. And, and I came out unscathed. I mean, you know, I just knew God was bigger, you know. And to me, it just makes the Bible come alive. Cast the demons out, and she'd be right for another week or two until they'd done their next attack. But anyway, these people, they've, um, they've cursed all the waters, they've cursed every church, they went around every church in Tasmania with water, tanks, they put the cursed blood. Yeah, they put the cursed blood in all the water. That was why when I went up that, that thing me and Greg did, the one of the last times we went out, we went up that mountain, that really bad a mountain near um oh, oh it's in north well it's obviously in north carolina um silva high high level witchcraft 
And one of the things I got, there was all these natural streams coming off this mountain, all these natural springs. And I was just, I was, I kept putting the, the holy anointing oil into the, into the water and it was going all the way down the mountain and into the main water thing there. And I just felt like that was really important. Not only just praying over and, and applying the anointing oil to the land there, but also that, that water is going to end up out in sea someday out, out in the, the sea, you know, but it's going to, you know, so we can do the same thing. We can, we can bless the waters. We can bless the land. We can, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and all they that dwell therein claim it back for God, you know, and just can spiritual warfare. I've done studies on this before documents, PDFs are up there. Um, it's all free. You know, I've tried to compile everything I've learned over the years in these documents and I've got a whole document on the anointing oil, you know, on, on, and it's mostly all, uh, Pete's, Pete's stuff from his experiences. Um, uh, he was really the one that discovered this. Now I'm not saying there's no other Christians that ever figured this out, but, um, he was the one that told me about it. In the water tanks, they go through the supermarkets, dripping their blood. Yeah. They curse the rivers. They curse the sporting grounds. They curse everywhere people meet. That she was a sitter in the church for 30 years. She sat in the church. She was the one that was um, coming in. They drink the blood. They do a fast. They bring their demons in. And like I said, yes. So she was a sitter, meaning she was assigned to a church. They drink the blood they um let me just see he, he says they everyone she was a sitter they drink the blood they do a fast because they'll fast that the occultists fast and people that were light and dark they would not come back they'd be walking out feeling worse than they came in yeah, let me just let, let me let him bring their demons in and like I said yesterday she could see the um, auras on people she, she'd see the people that were light and the people that were dark and they... oh wow so the people that maybe had the light of Christ and the people that in the church that were I guess not saved and they had more of a dark energy around them because hey, listen you can say oh now you're getting new age <laughs> let me tell you something you can say what you will but when they photograph auras, and I know that's, that's oh, that's new age. Well, how do you explain how cur curling photography works then? I mean, it's like an x-ray. It's like a photograph. It's photographing energy, and the energy looks a different color for different people. Um, I don't think in and of itself there's anything wrong with it the problem is is almost everybody that does it is some kind of new ager that's going to want to like oh read your aura or whatever but i don't think it's any more new age than getting an x-ray or something because it's a literal technology it's it's a it's a it's a photography method that now i'm not saying it would show up the same way that she was seeing she had her third eye open she was this high priestess and she was assigned to churches and that's what they do they're assigned to churches um and she had her third eye open so she could tell who was saved and, and and who wasn't and had maybe a dark energy and ones that had the 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 light of christ in them come in and they'd attack the ones that were dark so these people would walk out of churches and not come back they'd be walking out feeling worse 
right? Like, so they didn't want him to get saved. They were of dark energy, and, and I, I believe that's why they would attack the, them because, therefore, there's no chance of them getting saved. Went in, and this is what she done for thirty years. She said she shut down sixty churches in thirty years, wow. and there was sixty churches in thirty years. Just one woman. And you think this isn't real to them? That's serious. That's some really serious stuff there. 20 and 30 others doing it around the state too, not just her. And this is why there's so much suppression in Christianity. But this is happening on the mainland. This is happening throughout the world. Yep. These people are linked with the highest witchcraft in the world. You know, these people, they're not, they're not pretenders. They're not little teeny boppers, you know, um, playing around with candles and reading tarot cards. These people are, are screened and tested to see how big of demons they can summon up before they're even allowed in. These people only, they sacrifice with 32nd and 33rd degree masons only. They're allowed straight in, which is the highest. So, the, so if you're a 32nd or 33rd degree mason, you're allowed straight into these high-level witchcraft. See, there's, there's certain things you can do to bypass and go to the head of the line. If you're a 32nd or 33rd degree mason like uh, Bill Schneblin was, he was allowed to go into, he was, he encountered that Christian lady that had just, um, he had paid his dues to the first church of Satan. I think he was in Wisconsin at the time and said that he got a canceled check back from the first church of Satan. Cause back then, if you're not familiar, you would get, you could have your checks sent back to you, canceled checks. So I guess you could keep track of them better for your records. And it said on this one check where he'd paid his dues, the first church of Satan, um, or the church of Satan, I forget which one, uh, I'll be praying for you in Jesus name. And from that point forward, he said he was like one of the highest level witches in his area in Michigan, Warlock. I mean, he was like trying to turn himself into like a vampire and say sleeping in a coffin. I mean, we're talking some really dark stuff. And from that point forward, he lost every bit of his witchcraft power. <laughs> every bit. <laughs> so he got in such a bind um, that he had to leave there. And they said he was told by another occultist at the time, if you ever get in trouble, look, if you're ever like spiraling out of control, losing your powers or whatever, go to the Mormon church. It's a safe haven for us witches. And that's what he did. But see, he was able to go right to the head of the line you can hear this. I mean, if you now, I want to touch anything Bill Schnebel has done in the last, I don't even know how many years. So I don't know, 15, whatever. Um, since he became like a rabbi, you know, in, in, you know, Hebrew messianic rabbi dude, totally bound up in legalism. Very, very unfortunate. Was a King James Bible believing, you know, person. And he actually, uh, the month I did the Avion flu tour, which I believe was May of 2006. He was the um, speaker the month before me. He left his pillow in the <laughs> the little case and stuff um, accidentally. But um, he, uh, yeah, man, at one time, I mean, his early stuff is just great. I mean, so much of what he says. I mean, there's so much, if you want to know a lot about this type of stuff, so much you can glean from him. You know, but yeah, he went to the Mormon church and he, he said he, he knew a lot of the stuff already because a lot of the tokens, see when Joseph Smith died, 
uh, the, the founder of the Mormons, he was a Freemason. And the reason that he died, they said, it, Bill Schnevlin said, heavily rumored, that he had stolen so much of the Freemasonic stuff and started his own little cult, which was the Mormonin, Mormonism. And you can't do, remember, you take all those blood oaths for every degree. So what ends up happening is, is he goes to the, um, starts his own little death cult, Mormon church, and the Masons got wind of it and probably told him, you, you need to stop this, you need to stop this, you've stolen our secrets, you've incorporated them into this cult, and they finally killed him. But Schneblin went in there and he found a safe haven. But that's actually where he ended up getting saved too. That was where um, he gave his life to the Lord Jesus Christ and got saved. So I think that that lady's prayers were incredibly powerful. I don't know if she was praying with other people, but um, it it led to him getting saved. But it, I just thought it was interesting that the Mormon Church was always a safe haven for for um, like high level witches and warlocks to you know if they got into trouble. Level, you know, the blood ritual level where they're doing all the wicked things. And these are the people that are trying to take over Tasmania. So if you're going anywhere near Dark Mofo, don't go. So anyway, we started helping this woman. And this battle, this war went on for like three and a half years constantly. But it did slow down after a while. But praise God, he was giving me so many dreams, words of knowledge. A word of knowledge is a gift that you get. Like a word of wisdom, word of prophecy. Yeah. You get gifts of miracles, healings. You get the gift of faith. I got a gift of faith, got word of knowledge. But God's given me all the, all the gifts every any time I needed them. And um, and he'll give them to you. If you get into the fight, if you get into your ministry, God will equip. God will supply. Amen. God will uh, bless you. And it's a blessing. It's, it's, uh, it he'll give us favor. But he's put me, because I come out of the witchcraft, had some understanding, he's put me back in fighting against it. So, and this is what Now, was... if you listen to this, if you want to watch it online, watch him speak, I have it on closed captions where I'm seeing what he's saying. And it's actually very accurate. So just because he, he talks fast and um, um, he's got an accent. So if you're not picking up everything, it's really good because you're seeing what he's saying on, on the screen there. So just, just a little tip if you want to watch this people are doing you want to be careful pray over your food pray over your water we went and took all the high places we learned how to use the anointing oil took the high places so they took they went to the high place that's what i did with that that mountain i told you that was really associated with high level witchcraft in silver which is a gigantic area for new age and witchcraft and that and we we got up there to the top and it was a high place that overlooked the whole area and then not only that, we were putting the anointing oil in the in the streams, in the springs coming out of the mountain. And um, that was one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life because I I was that was a time I wasn't doing a ton of cardio and I was not used to going up a mountain. <laughs> we oh man, woo! You talk about redlining. I was redlining the whole way up and the whole way down, and we barely made it back. To the SVU, me just it was getting dark. I mean, and it would have been. And I don't think we had any light with us. So coming down that mountain, it, no light would have been horrific. But praise God, we got down there just as the sun was going down. 
from them, the, the, the mountain there, all the high places yeah. where they can see over a town, yes. over an area, they'll use that high place, do the perverse rituals, and so the whole town, you know, they're, they're covering the whole town. And then, you know, they'll summon up their demons. They're doing blood sacrifice every, every week. And like I said, there's 300 of them now, but they're scattering now. They're failing now. They haven't got the power they had. You know, they're, they're fallen. They're, they're, um, in, they're in chaos and confusion. These witches are running because what happened, we started... Um, I started sending the curses back. I thought, right, oh, we'll have to shut them down. So we went up to do deliverance with this woman, or even the ones coming against me, and I'd return the curses. It says in the Word, God is not mocked. What a man sows, that shall he reap. Yeah. And I was praying that prayer. And, God, and I'm saying, God, let them reap what they sow. Let them fall into their own pits. Be caught in their own snares and traps. Let them be Which is all Bible. That's all Bible. That's the prayer of David, God, a man after God's own heart. These are, you know, straight from like Psalms and, and these types of things. So, again, this is, um, this is biblical. With the web, the, the webs they're spinning, the webs of witchcraft. Let them be caught in their own webs. Yes. I mean, is it better for them to just get away with it and prosper in wickedness and have no repercussions for them trying to kill people and defile people and defile God's land and, and all the other wicked things they're trying to do? No, there needs to be repercussions. And if there's not repercussions, I'll tell you one thing. They'll never get saved. Because in and of themselves, they're never going to get saved unless they... Either they're going to have to experience the love of God or the severity of God. One or the other. They need to be, God needs to deal with them. Now, God knows what they would need. But a lot of times for somebody like that, they need to see the severity of God. They need to see who's really in charge and who really has the power. Be caught in their own nets. They're slinging for our feet. And I started reversing back. I was saying, put the oppression back on them. But I, I didn't know who they were. I didn't know their faces. I wasn't doing it in a vindictive way. Right. I was just doing it basically to save me life. And sometimes that's where I was at. A lot of times that's where I was at. Right. I didn't know what was next. I had no idea. But then God, every time, like the, the, um, the, the energy lifted, whatever it was, the energy of God and the energy of the devil, every battle we won. We won and then we'd win again and then we'd win again and it was like just hitting a hammer with a little hammer, hitting a wall with a little hammer and that hammer got bigger and bigger and bigger as I got more experience, more faith, more trust and then we started smashing down that wall and now we've heard with the intel there's a hundred of them at least have taken off out of Tasmania because they can't stand the heat. They can't stand the fire. Their God's got nothing. Their God's got absolutely nothing compared to our God. The Lord Jesus Amen. Christ, he's the King of Kings. Amen. He's the Lord of Lords. Yeah. He's the Alpha. He's the Omega. He's the first and the last, the beginning and the end. They had nothing. And now they're on the run. They're in disarray. They're fighting. They're arguing. They're, they're punishments. They're on the Bible says have them, have them in derision, O Lord, and confusion and have them turn on one another and devour one another and these are all things again that you look to psalms david being the primary author and you know man after god's own heart it's all over and that's why i incorporate a lot of this into, into my prison that's why i did the teaching on imprecatory prayers if you don't know what that is just key in in imprecatory i-m-p-e-p-r-e-c-a-t-o-r 
why I believe imprecatory prayers or just key in Psalm 64 Psalm 64 it's life-changing literally changed my life life-changing incorporated into your prayer life it's like never preached on I never heard one one teaching in my whole if I did I don't remember it never one teaching on imprecatory prayers in any faction of Christianity that I was ever in I, I, I don't if I did I don't remember it just not something that was ever emphasized. And again, there's all these things in the Bible that we're never taught about that are like mega important for us as for us as Christians, and we're never taught on it. And this is one of those things. What um, Pete's talking about here: the spiritual warfare. Hardly anybody's engaged in it. Staying in this um group because of fear they fear the punishments there's physical punishments for failure this woman was telling them about us and they're horrendous oh yeah and um anyway the, uh hallelujah hallelujah anyway thank you jesus hallelujah hallelujah so what we'll do now we're gonna um do some praying I'll just show show this picture again. This is me. I was I come out of the witchcraft, but I wasn't doing nothing like this. I was into the new age witchcraft. I was into divination. I was into tarot cards. I was into fortune telling. I wasn't. I grew up as a Catholic. I wasn't going to go near the devil to get more power. I wasn't going to sell my soul. It wasn't his. I didn't know God, but I wasn't going to go playing with the devil. But I got into this, even that witchcraft, when I turned against it, that's, that's what I ended up like. Full of demons, chock-a-block full of demons. And in the 40 years... Chock-a-block full of demons. <laughs> I love that expression. You don't hear that in America very much, but I love it. This woman said, this cult that's in Tasmania, she said... She didn't know anyone that ever come out. She was the first one that ever come out. She said everyone that tried to come out committed suicide uh. because they wouldn't, they hate Jesus that much, hate God that much, they wouldn't go to God, they wouldn't go to Jesus. And uh, so they just, that, that was the end of them. And she knew heaps of them. They come out, they try and come out because of the, the physical punishments in the group. And they, um, and it's the same in Africa. Africa's like, yeah, and again, I mean, I would have, you know, I understand they're doing wickedness, but compassion on them. I mean, they want to come out, but just they're like, they feel like they've got no opportunity or, or they're going to die if they do. So they're in like this death contract, they feel like, and it's horrible to, you know, and it's all the more reason to pray for them, you know, that God would have mercy on them and save them and bring them out. However, However, whatever it takes, Lord, you know what it would take. India's heaps worse. I mean, this this is unknown in this in the West. But these people, they're um, doctors, lawyers, judges, yeah. um, they're, they're uni professors. They're they're in every like big business. They're yes. in big tech, big the, the medical systems. That they're, they're just in everything. It's like when Jesus um, stood up. With the devil, the devil took him to a high place and said, All these kingdoms I will give you and all their glory if you bow down and worship me. He's not talking about the land, he's not talking about farms, he's talking about, you know, the big big religion. The Pharisees had the, the religion in that day, the religious, you know, the um 
all the uh, the other lands, the other kingdoms, whatever they were, the business, the, the devil runs the whole world. It, it says the devil's the god of this world. Uh, he got it when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden. But then Jesus said, Get thee behind me, Satan, I'll worship the Lord. You shall worship the Lord thy God, and him only shall you serve. So he told the devil to go and get nicked. I don't want nothing to do with you, and that's what we got to do. What we we got to turn the TVs off. These people own the TVs, they own the radio stations, they own the um, all the media, the mainstream media. The best thing you can do is not watch the news because they lie. They tell lies yeah. constantly. You got to find the truth in in um other areas, but if you want the real truth, here it is here. Get in there. Still your mind, you know. Get in He's holding up the Bible. The Word of God. The Word of God's living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of our heart. This is, the, this is where your peace will come. This is where your understanding will come. This is where your wisdom will come. Yes. This is... This is the food, like the meat that I was talking yesterday. This is the meat. You don't want to just go around looking for the easy stuff, the stuff like eating a McDonald's ice cream, you know. It, um, you, you get into them, those uh, soft serve things, you get into them and then ten minutes later you just want to go to bed and sleep. That's all they're um, doing, or I do anyway, probably have too much of it. But... Um, Anyway, you, you want to get serious. Time to get serious. So what I want to do... Okay, so he's going to start praying there, and, and I'm running out of time here. Uh, uh, but again, you can watch the whole interview. i give you the link here. Now, this last thing, uh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get through it in time, but higher entities, the lost tapes, Standeo, Greg Rinchich, Colonel SC. Now, this is the Fall Brothers made this DVD, and I, it's, I've been on my list of things to watch for a long time. And somebody put it up online on YouTube, and that they probably they shouldn't have done that um, because it's you can only purchase it. I went ahead and purchased it. That way, I felt like I could have a clear conscience, you know, today. Even though I'm literally going to be promoting their DVD, and hopefully they're going to, you know, get some people to I don't know buy it as a result of this broadcast. But it's it's not even a DVD. I think you can only purchase the right to watch it, and I don't know why. It's like $15. You got to buy it. Um, I don't think it's renting is uh, possible. I give you the link for it, but I'm going to play you some of the clips from it. It's not, you're only going to hear a portion. It's not like I'm playing the whole thing and I did buy it. So, um, so I'm going to read you this description. With so much mainstream media coverage of the alien UFO scenario, the declassifying of hundreds of FBI documents, along with the releasing of top-secret government information, the Fall Brothers, and it's spelled F-A-U-L-L, -L, Brothers, have answered the call, investigating secret government programs involving aliens, advanced technology, and sinister conspiracies. The adventure includes up-close and personal discussions on location with a former FBI special agent, a Department of Defense consultant, best-selling authors, and seasoned research professionals all unveiling pieces of this grand puzzle when did the government alien programs originate and why was there really a counterpoint group that was warning of the dangers from such programs what exactly did these black projects involve i believe this is a couple years old at least a couple and i'm going to play you some of the clips from this so you'll have a better idea what's going on here 
The last thing I need us to hit on here is Greg Renrich. Okay. It's Greg Rinchinch. Rinchinch. I know it sounds weird, but they're getting his name a little bit wrong. Okay. Also known as Colonel SC. Okay. He's asking this guy he's interviewing about Colonel SC or Greg Rinchinch. There's a lot of mystique surrounding this guy because of the positions that he held in these top secret government organizations. What can you tell us about Greg Renrich? Uh, Greg Renrich was a lieutenant colonel, but he held a very high level top secret clearance, one that very few people actually hold, Groom Lake, Area 51. He's been inside down in the underground levels of S4 as well as Dulce, New Mexico, he has witnessed the 10-foot giants and said that they told him and referred to themselves as the Nephilim, yep. said that they were preparing for an intergalactic war with God, and they believed that they were going to win. Yep. Is this the gentleman who said that in Now, he told me that personally, because I spent five days with Greg Rinchinch, Colonel SC. I literally flew there to his house. Well, he picked me up from the airport at Charlotte. This is before I moved up here. This was like in... Hmm, I, I think 2007, 2008. And I sent him... I, I heard... He had like this internet interview he did. And it was like one of those interviews like, bust the internet. More downloads than, you know, whatever. Because it was unbelievable the stuff he was talking about and he was so matter of fact and i just was like i gotta go see this guy and i've never done well i've never done anything quite like this ever before but i sent him my dvd on the avion flu and um he contacted me immediately like as soon as he got it and he says brother come on up I got a place you can stay and you know me and my wife are here and and you can stay with us and come up for like five days or whatever and we'll take care of you i just i did it <laughs> it's probably one of the craziest things i've ever done man what a five days that was oh oh man i mean he said i've got all kind of all kind of paranormal activity going on in this property uh, number one he was a target because he was you know in all this black ops and he was coming out like as this whistleblower and i think a lot of stuff had been assigned to him all kind of non-human entities were showing up and i said greg i said i i said i'd come up just for that i said i just wanted to i want him to appear when i'm there i just want to engage i want to engage them and he knew, he knew that um, that was one of my prep. Granted, I wanted to pick his brain, sure. It ended up being kind of like, I like helping people, you know, and, and Greg's had a hard life. He's had a hard life. And um, I kind of turned into like a little bit of a counselor for him and his wife. And they knew I cared. And, um, you know, I'm not a pastor. And there they were older than me. And it was kind of a little bit, you know. But I just felt like, okay, God's got me here for a reason. 
I told you that thing about the guy Bobby Carver that we met at the post office that was absolutely supernatural. That that meeting that we put together, and he had that voodoo stick, and he took me to his house. I was crawling around the back of his truck and took the voodoo stick and cracked it over my knee, and he was freaking out. And his life had been cursed ever since he brought that thing back from Haiti. And he was going to kill himself that night. He he showed up that night in full military dress, and that's what Greg told me. He said before. After he left, he said, you realize that guy was going to, the reason he showed up looking like that, because Greg's in the military, he's a lieutenant colonel, he was going to kill himself. I think he told Greg that. And I was able to counsel him, praise the Lord Jesus. I'm not going to take credit for none of it. But it was spur of the moment, seat of my pants, just, I just trusted God. You know, I didn't see anything manifest when I was there, but Greg said they did show up when I was sleeping one night. He was welding. And um, he had plugged the he he welded into like two three in the morning. I was sleeping in the house, and um, they showed up. And and uh, he said um, the next morning, told me about it. And I said, why didn't you come get me? I said, why didn't you call me or whatever? Or I guess I don't know if he could have. Yeah, he could have called me because I would have my my cell phone on because I would have left that on so Taylor could get a hold of me. He didn't want to. He didn't want to mess with me. He didn't think I could handle it. I'm like Greg. I said I came up here partly just so we could confront pure evil, deal with it. He didn't do it though. And he said it was two reptilians and a vampire that showed up at his welding where he was welding at the door. I think. I think this was after, I don't know if it was the same night that we'd burned that voodoo stick in his furnace. I know this all sounds like I'm I'm insane. I, I know, I get it how it sounds. I'm as God as my witness, guys. God can strike me dead if I'm lying to you. I'm I'm not even telling you stuff on that. Because I, I don't want I don't want this to go where it sounds like I am bragging. I'm not bragging like Alex Jones. I, I don't even want to really go there. But um that was one of the coolest trips in hindsight that I've ever taken. I mean, definitely one of the most, I mean, it was just, and yeah, he told me that too. He, he said that, you know, S4, which is a special part of Area 51, Groom Lake, which is more south of Area 51. It's um, Papoose Lake, S4, special. It's even more top secret than Area 51, really. And um, I, I believe it's where Bob Lazar worked for the brief time he was there. And he's told me the same thing about the Giants. Now, that was at Dulcie. And he said there was a red line on the ground. And you couldn't cross it because they had such psychic energy that they... Anybody... I mean, I think I, I, I'd cross it, but I'd be doing it under the, um, under the blood of Jesus Christ. Uh, he said, though, if you were just a normal whatever, if you cross that line, you're, you're basically your brain would explode. They had such psychic energy and such hate, these giants that they had in there. And you could not use the name of Jesus. You could not. You, you had to sign documents. You couldn't use it because it had such power. Even if you used it in a cuss word, you couldn't use it. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. He said there was a part in Papoose Lake, S4, that... He was down there one day and he looked over and he said there was a crate and it said deadly use authorized, I believe, on the crate. Now, I'm trying to remember 
oh, my life's been like a whirlwind. Um, and he looked at his buddy after he saw it and he says, what's that? I never saw deadly use authorized. And the guy's like, we can't even talk about that. What's in there. We can't even talk about that. Don't even bring it up. He found out later, and it was just, it was like a big concrete brick. Like this big, gigantic, but something was in the concrete. Well, it turns out, and I've said this before, we, we talked about adrenochrome harvesting. We've talked about underground bases. We, you, you mean, when these non-human entities, these Nephilim-like, devil, whatever you want to call them, alien creatures, their preferred food is humans. And their preferred, preferred food is little children. And he said that whatever the reptilians would eat and tear apart, because they were down there too, with these children, whatever was left over would go into these crates and they'd pour concrete on them and they would, I, I don't know why you would do this, but they would basically, I guess, put them on a ship and, and launch them out into like, you know, 20,000 foot water so nobody would ever find them. Seems like a lot of trouble to go through when you can just bury him there or something. I mean, I don't understand why, but I don't. He did. He did say that. Um, I, I can't remember of all the. It was such a whirlwind of a five days. Oh my word! <laughs> I, I'm sure I've forgotten way more about that trip than I remember at this point. But if you, I, I, I'm going to give you the other link where I talked about it some more in this PDF. But this is who they're talking about here. These deep underground military bases that you're not even allowed to use the name Jesus as a cuss word? That is correct. They made them sign an affidavit that said that not even in anger, even if they stubbed their toe, they, they were not allowed to use the name Jesus Christ in these underground tunnels. Because the power in the name of Jesus, even if it's being used as a cuss word, when you're in the presence of these higher entities, yeah. it's going to create some type of a friction. Ooh. So we're now dealing with... See, I mean, isn't this building your faith up, though, hearing this stuff? You know what I mean? I mean, again, if this don't get you fired up, your wood's wet. I mean, this is like... This is living! That's where I want to be. I want to see what God's going to do. I want to see God annihilate the giants or the Anunnaki. I don't care what they are or how many of them there are or how big they are i don't care you know why my god created the universe top that satan you can't this is why i went there that's why i went to god because he was the he was the only one i'd ever heard that went into this kind of detail and was so matter of fact and i knew that you know i just i just had a feeling there was a lot of truth in what he was saying and i just Bam, I was, and, and he opened the door for it to happen. It's one of the coolest things God's ever let me experience, me, me going up there for those five days. Other government official, if you want to use that terminology, a servant of the federal government who was in the bases, deep underground, dealing with these alien entities that have already been deemed by other federal government projects to not be alien, but to be non-human, other world entities, interdimensional entities. And the Collins elite was trying to get answers to this years before. Am I, am I understanding this correctly? You're completely correct. And that was the whole sole purpose that the Collins elite that set them apart from Project Blue Book, as well as MJ-12. 
they were tasked with getting to the bottom of this. What are they? Where are they coming from? What is their agenda? And their final rule on this was that these things were masquerading, they were nefarious, and that they were demonic in nature. We're going to try to get to the bottom Amen. of this. We've got a lot of interviews set up. We've got a lot of people we're trying to talk to. If there's anything you can do to get us in touch with Greg Renrich, we definitely want to try. I believe that I might be able to get you guys in contact with him. In fact, I would prefer that you guys hear it from his mouth because he can go into further detail and tell you about things that he witnessed. Okay, so stop there. Now let's go to the next one. Um, and we're going to hear a little bit more about this. So it says two weeks later. Chad, what's up, bro? How's it going? So good, Justin. How you doing, brother? Pretty good. Little down that uh, Greg Renrich was not willing to come on camera for the film. Uh, what exactly happened with that? I, I thought things were going really well. Uh, Kay Carswell said that she was talking with him about coming on and, and working with us. What happened? Uh, apparently when he uh, first came out with some of this information that he was talking about, there was a situation where government agents came out onto his land and they entered his house with guns drawn, had his whole family down on their knees at gunpoint. This is the same, I'm assuming, the same land I was, I went to. It was Bostick, Bostick NC. That's where we drove to. Um, he lived on the side of a mountain. And just recently, within the last few years, his family members have started talking to him again. Oh. So out of fear of retaliation from the government uh, agencies and so on he just did not feel comfortable at all whatsoever coming coming on camera or, or doing any kind of interview so after one of his last radio shows black ops swarmed his house with firearms to scare him into submission is that is that what i'm understanding that and also they believe that they may have even been uh, exposed to some sort of chemicals because his wife has fallen almost deathly ill. Um, she is not doing very well, and he's very worried that he may be losing her. You know, I remember back so many years ago, I was talking with J.C. Johnson, the late J.C. Johnson, cryptozoologist, awesome guy, awesome guy. Uh, had a really good connection with him, and he shared with me that uh, some people that he was connected with were out in New Mexico in the Dulce area, and they were getting a little too close to some information. I don't remember all the details, but he said that it was very common that men in black would be seen out there around the scene of the crime. And the crime was to take some type of a poison, a neurotoxin, and to put it on the door handles of whoever's vehicle. You know, whoever the person was who was out there researching, they were going to put a neurotoxin on the door handle that is pretty much a transdermal. So when they touch it, it's immediately absorbed into their skin, right into the bloodstream. And he said that people were getting really ill. When people get too close to some of these investigations, they get too close to a base, too close to a person too close to the fire, those people are generally met with some type of a biological chemical attack. That's very similar to what he said. He said that him and his wife were out for a walk and that something hit them both on the back of the neck and he said that there was some kind of a green residue and he got sick. She's gotten real sick. So. We're looking at a guy who wants to speak out, has been speaking out, 
has firsthand experience in deep underground military bases, has direct connections with the name Nephilim being used yep. in these facilities. I, again, I've never met anybody before since that had, that was in as deep as he, and, and lived to tell. I, I've never met anybody. So I can understand why they would really want him on, but I love Greg. I do, but I just, he, he's been through a lot. He's been through a ton. And I just, for reasons, I, I don't want to say anything ill about him, but I, I had to distance myself from him um god bless him nothing but love nothing but love for for him and his wife um he did not want me to distance myself but i could not in good conscience just stay in his life it, it, I, I don't want to say a whole lot more than that but anybody that's re researched this situation will understand what i'm saying um but i am not judging i love the guy um literally the last time i talked on the phone he's bawling his eyes out <sighs> oh such mixed feelings regarding the whole thing but um, I'm gonna start crying. Anyway, yeah, it, it's just a, it's a sad situation, and he's in a real conundrum with the whole thing of all the clearances he's had and the stuff that he's been through and the PTSD. And uh, I mean, I can't even imagine. You know, I just got to experience a tiny bit of it when I was there, and I was like, oh boy, <laughs> wow, it's a lot. He starts speaking about it, and they come after him, not to kill him, but to warn him. Yeah. Your time of talking is done. Continue down this path, and it's gonna it's gonna come on full force. Apparently, they got point across because he is not willing to come on camera with that all whatsoever. It goes back to the whole idea, the warning that that we've kind of been getting over the course of this event, that this is the kind of information. That people get killed over. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah. This black operation and, and, and the firearms and, and just the, the bombarding of a U.S. citizen at his own home and attacking his family. That just goes to show that we are onto something very much real. Oh, yeah. And people do need to be aware that this is very serious. Yes, I would agree. Heavy. Very, very, very heavy. <laughs> now... Um, I posted my teaching here, Emergency Freedom Alerts for one Part 2. Uh, I talk a little bit more about Greg, if you want to avail yourself to that. Then, um, uh, now we're, we're going to play another clip here. So okay, now this is Stan Deo. He's a, you know, he, you probably heard of him. He's got books written and I think he works with Steve Quayle and he's been doing this a long time as well and he's had all kind of governmental clearances and things of this nature you get taken to australia you had previously been working with anti-gravity craft 
and your job, Air Force, FBI. You said you were undercover with the FBI. Yeah, he was high-level stuff. You've been working your way up. Now you're in Australia. What is this project all about? Well, the project uh, was uh, under the direction of portions of the Department of Defense, uh, Australian Department of Defense. My control agent in charge of handling me was Captain Sir John Williams, and uh, the head of the Aeronautic Research Lab was Tom Cable at that time. And uh, my first meeting, they actually had me write a paper on what I'd been doing and uh, you know the work on the craft, which I did, and present it to Sir John to take with him uh, when he went up to Jakarta, another business trip. But they informed me at the um, Aeronautic Research Lab in a private meeting with uh, Tom Cable, the, the head of the department, and four other scientists that work in the department, uh, they informed me that uh, they were in uh, researching things like flying saucers and reports like that. And before they got to the meat of it all, they said, does anyone know you're here? Uh, did ASIO, Australian Security Intelligence, did they contact you? Uh, I said, no, I haven't heard from them yet. He said, oh, good. I said, look, uh, have you guys got films of these uh, UFO craft you're talking about and what they do? And, and uh, uh, yeah, there are some. And uh, I said, well, could I see them now that I'm in the project? He says, uh, well, no, not really. Uh, those are kind of classified. And he looks over at the bookcase and the scientists over here that weren't on, you know, there, there was no camera there, but they weren't between him and I. And they, they said, the bookcase is wired. So I immediately picked that up and said, oh, yeah, well, that, that'll be interesting. Uh, yeah, tell me about some of the things you can talk about. And we did. And uh, they then took the guy that was looking at my papers first with him, um, Dr. David Warren. He's the guy who invented the black box for aircraft. He lived right across the street from me, believe it or not, there. But uh, anyway, they took him off my case and forbade him to look at it. Uh, he had the highest security clearances in the lot, and I was now put under above top secret uh, clearance there. My job was to prepare the, uh, the notes and, and uh, suggestions I had for the craft. And while I was in the process of doing this, we're talking about several months in, in the, the progress, um, Sir John took me to lunch with him and Sir Henry at the uh, Australian Club in, um, in uh, Melbourne. And it was for the high ranking, the, the prime ministers, uh, you know, the government officials eat all the cotton tops power. And over the lunch table, there was uh, Sir Henry and Sir John and another guy named John, a professor at Tasmania University. And we had normal conversation level. And then about midway uh, through the, the lunch, Sir John turns to Sir Henry and he says, Henry, they're moving in on us. So I waited for the conversation to fill in the blanks and nothing. I said, uh, Sir, Sir uh, John, was that uh, the European economic community you're talking about moving in on? The... Oh, no, no. Henry, are you going up to the property this weekend? And the conversation fell flat. Now, obviously, I should have known something I didn't at the time. Uh, but uh, later, I, I found out that the they they're talking about was um, from beings that uh, they were working with that aren't from Earth. And they had a joint project where humans and multinational groups were supplying underground facilities, uh, sometimes under ocean facilities, with infrastructure to allow these visitors to um, build equipment they want. And in return, we were getting certain technologies like uh, you know, refined anti-gravity and uh, time dilation uh, devices and systems and uh, molecular physics where you could walk through walls without you know, breaking yourself or the wall. There were just a lot of things that we got in return, but they were kind of low-level toys. And uh, once our visitors that we were working with um, made what they needed to keep their operation going without our help, 
they summarily started kicking us out of these bases. And uh, it got to shooting battles in a couple of places, as far as I understand. My security guys told me about it. I wasn't there. In the late, mid to late 70s, uh, we lost control of all of our joint facilities with them. Now, they, they turned me loose and another guy like me over in uh, London and said, pack up your gear, disappear, hide. And we were the keepers of what secrets we knew to share should they all go down and no one would ever know what happened. Uh, there may have been others, but those, uh, myself and that guy in England, uh, London was the one I knew about. You're working in these groups that are working with them, with these entities. Now, what were the types of entities? The kind of gray colored small ones uh, with big eyes, the taller gray ones with big eyes as well. And something that looked like humans, like a like a fair-haired Nordic type description. They were basically tall, slender, and, uh, oh yeah, and their skin, if you looked at it sideways in the, in the sunlight, it was like looking at an oil slick. It was kind of like little rainbows, and they said that was from the small scales, different than our skin cells. Uh, the gray ones were biological robots. They had no soul or things right. like that. They just did what they were instructed to do. They're like, Those they're are like the drones that I know about, uh, I know that the Canadian Prime Minister, or sorry, the former Minister of Defense, who is now retired, did say that they were informed of, gosh, nearly 13 types of beings. And in the biblical stories, they talk about Satan being in charge of a rebellion, being right. cast down to earth. Well, I think it's that he was in this parallel universe at a higher energy. Easy with the parallel universe, okay? I, I, I you, <laughs> There's no Bible for this parallel universe stuff, okay? But the Book of Enoch is very clear on that when, you know, they had defiled humanity, then they turned to the animals and to the fish, and they defiled them. And this is where I think we get the whole thing about reptilians, fallen angels, interbreeding with, you know, different types of reptilians and things. That, and this is how these races, I believe, have gotten their origin, these other supposed alien posing but they're just nothing more than some type of fallen angelic creation just like it was in noah's day it's said in, in enoch that they defiled the animals in the in the um the fish and everything else the birds the whole nine yards and this is where you get the greek legends of like the griffin and the minotaur and i mean all these different half human looking half animal this is where you get that from because Satan, Satan's always seeking to defile God's creation. He was cast down with some of these cohorts, and they made these beings to build a lie, a deception for the people of Earth. Yeah, and that exactly. deception was that, okay, little greys, uh, Nordics, all these kind here are invading us and uh, abducting us. Then Satan is going to come in with his crew that look just like us, yep. are friendly, and will deliver us from these nasty little aliens. Absolutely. That way... The satanic ones, who appear to be good and friendly, can help us set up a world government. And um, then he can take over the planet with his man, who's going to be the, the human antichrist. Okay, so you've heard me say that basically the same thing. It's going to be good cop, bad cop. We've got the wicked cabal in right now, the old world order. That's got to be destroyed so they can bring in the new world order. And that's going to sound like the next best thing since sliced bread. So they're going to get let this get really, really, really bad and nasty. Biden's the perfect guy to do it. Who knows? They might have, I mean, I don't know how long this is going to drag out. But then they're going to have the White Hats 
come to the rescue. And, you know, it's funny, when I was doing this, I was just researching that day, and I, I looked and I said, just top stories from before it's news. It's the same Q garbage, the same Trump's going to come back. And I'll just read you some of the some of the stories, which would totally dovetail with what he just said. Entire government to be invalidated. Trump confirmed and Clinton is executed. White hat intel. Restored republic real in the midst of the storm. Breaking news. Benjamin Fulford, the return of President Trump 2022. Must video. Um, then the American National and Nasera Gasera PSYOP. Oh, um, I guess, okay, maybe they're going to expose it there. But anyway, Nasera Gasera's part of the whole Q thing. The whole white hats are coming to save the day. The whole Trump's coming to save the day type thing. Um, then another one. It's all been blown wide open. They have no more moves. I mean, I've been hearing this garbage for almost back to 20 years ago when I first heard about Nasera before it was actually then called Gisera. Hearing similar veins of thought. Um, they have no more moves. Meet the true enemy for the first time. There's no turning back now. Then martial law pending. Political elites indicted. FEMA prison barges have arised, arrived at Gitmo. And that's for all the, the bad... And hey, maybe someday that will appear to happen. And it'll be like, whoa, look. And then, oh, wow, who are these... Why are these UFOs appear? Who are these guys, these ascended masters... Why is Trump yoked up with them? Why is why are all the good guys kind of like rallying around the good guys in political office, like probably like Trump and who's perceived as good guys, Trump, Rand Paul, I don't know, DeSantis, these types. Why are they rallying around these these entities? Maybe they're really good. Oh, who is this? Who is the leader of them? Oh, wow, he's he's really powerful. Who's this guy that's his close hand buddy? I mean, <laughs> Antichrist and false prophet. I think that's a very likely scenario on how we get into the tribulation. Maximum, maximum deception. They're setting this up to happen and they're making it so unbearable right now around the world that people will be begging for the white hats to come in and say, but they're just going to bring you right into world government, right into one world currency. But they're going to, hey, we're not here to enslave you. We're here to help you. We took out the wicked cabal. We're here to help you. I'm telling you, I mean, I've been saying it for years. I think that's going to go down probably some way similar to what I just said. Which uh, the Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus, in uh, the Greek, uh, will land with his troops and have battle with uh, Satan and his uh, minions who have executed this great deception to the people of earth and will defeat them. And uh, this the biblical narrative on that, but certainly what I uh, witnessed and what I was told by my security team do fit that perfectly. So uh, my advice to people who see um, good guys coming from the skies, like in the movie uh, or the series V, where they come and help mankind and give them all kinds of gifts in return. I've done whole two or three studies on V. Just keep V, like series, TV, V. Now, what he just said there was Jesus. That's not the Jesus of the Bible. It's going to be Esau, Sanan, Emmanuel, or Master Jesus. Or maybe it'll be Maitreya or... Maybe all the ascended masters. There's so many of them. Saint Germain and Sanat Kumara and Dijual Kool and uh, goes on and on and on. There's going to be a flavor to please every cult out there and every person out there. But yes, their knockoff fake ascended master version Jesus is probably going to be part of this deception. He's going to come back and he is going to be the primary one to deceive the Christians. 
hey, if he's going to come back and defeat the wicked cabal, isn't that kind of what the dominionists think already, that they're going to make the place such a wonderful place that Jesus has no choice but to come back and set up his kingdom? I'm telling you, these dominionists are going to fall right into this. I'm just saying, I want my listeners to be warned about this. Seawater and junk, that kind of a scenario will be played out. So the first landing, the first official disclosure will not be of the, the friendlies, the good guys. They'll, they'll be deceptive, just like in that movie, B, and they will defeat and remove all the bad guys, the greys and whatever they were abducting people. And the people of Earth will be very happy. And mm -hmm. not only will they defeat those, they will take out of power Yes. The people that uh, are called the Illuminati right. or the deep state. Yeah. Uh, the, and people like Biden and Macron and Trudeau, the people that are just obviously oil can hairy types, just obviously wicked devils, okay, that everybody collectively, anybody that has any kind of morality compass would detest. They're all going bye-bye. So most people are going to see, hey, what's wrong with this? This is... This is what we've been praying for, asking for, hoping for, whatever. I'm telling you, it's going to be the greatest deception the world's ever seen. I'm going to chew them up and spit them out, and sad for them, but this is part of the deception where they will convince even the right wing, you know, people like myself, if we're not aware, that they have come in and cleaned house and got rid of all the evildoers, and uh, they're the good guys. It will be a clean sweep of the house, and for those who aren't schooled in what's going on in this deception, they will fall prey to uh, supporting a new global world order. Yep. Absolutely. This is basically the next generation of terrorism. Yeah. It's going to be sold the boogeyman, these lower entities, these, these grays, and then the higher entities, the ones that are masquerading around as, uh, as you called, like the, the taller ones, the Nordics, uh, they're going to be the saviors. They're going to be the ones posing as the good guys. Is, am I understanding you correctly? Uh, either them or ones like them. Uh, the whole scenario for UFO things at the moment treats all of them as bad guys. I don't know that I've ever heard of any of the Nordics doing bad things. They all seem to be friendly. So it may be them that, that uh, comes in and gets rid of the rest of them. But the deception will be complete. I mean, uh, people will see you know, peace, love, and harmony, peace, and security come with these people because they yeah. can stop wars. They can disable all the nuclear devices. Right. They won't even leave the, the hangar. And they'll have medicine and uh, anti-gravity and things like that. Yeah. And they'll say to the people... Med beds, like I've been saying. Oh, but you got to give your DNA before you get in it because they're going to change your DNA. So if you think you can trust them with your DNA, knowing that they're going to change your DNA in these med beds, you know, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't trust them. Look, we ran through this stage years ago, centuries ago, but we solved it all, learned how to live in peace with one another, and we're going to share that with you. And all you got to do is say you want our help and we'll come do it. And that's how it will start. So watch for full disclosure to come and everybody thinking, well, finally the truth is out there. But it's not. It's still part of the deception. Um, if we're still here, those of us that are aware of it, we're going to have to run underground. We can't use credit cards or money or whatever because they're going to demand that people of Earth use a global currency situation, which is digital. And you have to swear allegiance to the, the new world order, to the, the leader of it, which in our case is the Antichrist. And we know from the biblical passages that if you do that, you sacrifice your soul, you're, you're gone. You've, you've signed with the devil. There's no coming back from that. No, you're, you're done. That's one of the sins that you can't get forgiven for. 
So it is my objective and many like me that are Christians to be like a watchman on the wall and say to the people that are believers now and some that will be soon, don't fall for this. And that's what, you know, several of us have been saying for a long time in various media events and whatever to try to warn people ahead of time. You had mentioned to me previously that uh, you had some type of a brushing of shoulders uh, with some type of a United Nations event. Right. There, there was a, a man and a woman, a couple there, that were taller than normal. They, they looked like Nordics, quite honestly, but I didn't see them in the sunlight. And they had me in a room asking me some questions, and uh, they were odd questions about the uh, world economy and various other things. But I had a creepy feeling, and it's just a feeling that I felt like I was a canary in a cage and they were the cat. I do think that they probably were part of the team that's uh, not from around here. Now you I, should have started talking about the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, yeah, they probably couldn't have held form at that point. You would have saw them for what they were. <laughs> they were the ones that were cast out, uh, the fallen ones. The Bible calls them the fallen ones, the fallen angels. They rebelled against the, the creator of all that we see here. They are working directly with Satan. They were certainly well-placed in the United Nations for what they were doing to control minds, to influence people there into what's coming. Sure. All I can tell you is that I felt an odd attitude from them in the room. Oh, yeah. uh, and it, it really felt like I was the prey uh, in the room. Right. A lot of the information I do have on them and the underground facilities did come from the security details. I, I've been let privy to things that these people would be killed for if I named them. Um, so I've been careful not to name them or the place or circumstance in which the information was passed. One of the things that keeps coming up in our research is the treaty between President Eisenhower and a group of entities. And that was the Holloman Air Force Base meeting. Now, I wasn't there, and at that time I was probably only about seven or eight years old. But in the ensuing years when I worked inside the program, I was aware that we had made a deal, and I assumed it was the Eisenhower deal, that uh, we would give them infrastructure, hiding places, labs, you know, out of the, the human sight, and that we would help them rebuild their technology and stuff here that they couldn't bring with them when they came through the, I guess you could call it like a Stargate, a, you know, a parallel universe port. And there's a lot of support for that, including Nimrod's Tower. These aliens, I guess we would have to call it that, uh, did apparently come through a portal or a gate. And if you look at the, the biblical account of... so. He goes on a little bit more, but yeah, that there the treaty, the Eisenhower um, uh, that they were discussing there is the Grieta Treaty. Now they're going to call it Grenada. I've been told it's Grieta. I said it was Grenada for a long time, but I'm almost positive it's Grieta Treaty, and I, I'm not going to have time to get into it today. But um, probably the next study. Okay, so I'm running out of time, so I want to try to get this last part in here. I want to move us into this idea of the Eisenhower scenario. This is a now, really this is a real top level guy, and they saved him for like last because this is a guy they talked a lot about, and he's really in the know. He knows about this Collins Elite thing, and I'm, I just have to roll, run this because I'm running out of time. But you you can hear what he's saying here. Hard pill to swallow. What can you tell us about Eisenhower's connections with these entities? There's information, there's some documents, some letters uh, written by Mead Lane and others uh, that seem to be in the know to a degree that in um, 1954, uh, Dwight Eisenhower disappeared for an evening. 
the excuse that was given was that he was rushed to a dentist hmm. for a dental emergency. Yeah. Uh, the story that seems to be pretty pervasive is that he was actually taken to Holloman Air Force Base where he met with an alien. Uh, and allegedly some sort of treaty was signed mm -hmm. between uh, at the very least the United States government and this entity for the exchange of technology. Uh, what we That's the Grieta Treaty. Promised to give them uh, in return for the technology. I've never seen a lot of description uh, given about what that might have been. Uh, and it may be that no one knows for certain. Uh, well, it's that they could experiment on our animals and on a n limited number of the humans. But they went way far beyond that. And this is around the exact time that alien abductions started happening in mass by the millions. And um, that's no coincidence. Other than a very limited number of people. Eisenhower's granddaughter uh, yes. is a great proponent uh, of saying this did happen. This is an actual event embedded in family history and well-established in terms of the family recognizes that this happened. That is one, I think, of the opening doorways uh, into contact with these uh, non-human entities. Uh, with uh, the two gentlemen uh, who spoke with me talking about non-human entities and the, the attempt to contact them, I can see the Roswell crash fitting into a timeline of disclosure, if you want to put it that way, um, that could lead eventually to put it that way, um, that could lead eventually to the governments of the world saying, yes, we've been in contact with as they, I believe, they will term it extraterrestrial civilizations. And they're much more technologically advanced than we are, and they're helping us to get past our problems and help us to grow and create a better society. And out of that, I believe, will come a statement, uh, a series of statements that will lead us down the path to believe, be led to believe, that because of the great technological advances that this civilization has, they're also just as spiritually advanced. Huh. Because of the continual furor among humans over religion, I think that will be seized on as the perfect, uh, the perfect opportunity to revoke all current religions and establish the one world religion. Absolutely. Uh, because it's going to happen overnight, but yeah, that's essentially what's, what, what will happen. Obviously, if these beings are from somewhere else and they're so much more technologically advanced, they must be just as spiritually advanced as they are in terms of technology. So we've got to follow them. And there you fall into that incredible web of deception and I, I, I see that I see the web spread out, and I see I see the edges beginning to lift up uh, to encase uh, as much of humanity as it possibly can. A lot of people don't understand how you can 
even bring the idea of spirituality into a, a question like this. I, on the other hand, with my with my background, can't understand how you can avoid <laughs> bringing spirituality into this question because it, it that's the root that's the root of it. Um, and those who those who go in uh, with their eyes half closed um, do so at their own peril. They do so at their own peril. It's um, it's dangerous business. It's a reality. It's part of our reality as as Christians as as those redeemed by the Son of God, within whom the Holy Spirit dwells, we are under spiritual attack. We have a we have that realm to our uh, to our lives that we need to contend with. I think the the church is negligent in not teaching spiritual warfare and the reality of spiritual warfare um, to its members. It's an important component and. Um, you don't you don't pull an 18 year old boy out of high school and stick a uniform on him and drop him onto a battlefield in Afghanistan or Iraq. You have to be trained. You have to be trained. And I think the church fails to train its warriors in how to fight. And it's yeah, isn't uh, that what just Pete was saying, though? I mean, you know, very, very similar. It's an important thing to do. So it's a privilege for me to be uh, to be able to be part of this. Justin, I appreciate it. Thank Great you so much, Ray. Absolutely. Absolutely. Being a part of this investigation has been a real eye-opener for now, me. To get this is Westfall. Oh, man, I just lost the whole thing. This is Westfall. He's one of the brothers that put this together. I'm going to have to try to find out where that was at. Being a part of this investigation has been a real eye-opener for me to get to hear intimate testimonies of personal experiences. It really expands the view on what we're dealing with here. We're approaching a time that is unprecedented in the history of man. We're finally reaching the point where an official answer has to be given to the alien question. From hundreds of declassified government documents to personal testimonies and all of the headlines of late, there's no way to deny the fact that higher entities do exist and that they have been and continue to be in communication with governmental special access programs. It's only a matter of time before the situation is revealed to the public in a specific way that they want society to perceive it. History shows that with any truth shrouded in secrecy, first it's downplayed and whitewashed to deem any believers as lunatics and conspiracy theorists. Then it's presented in movies and TV shows as comedic and fictitious. The next step is to carefully craft exactly how to present it to the population in a way that they should believe it. Now we're at a point where mainstream media has to give an answer to the alien question. And it's no longer a conspiracy theory. Now it's a real issue that is being carefully manicured for disclosure. So what are these beings and how will this story be presented to the world? Government documents dating back to the 40s state that these aren't interplanetary, but that they're interdimensional. This parallels with biblical accounts of fallen angels. The Bible gives accounts of the divine counsel in Deuteronomy and Psalms. These are the sons of God, angelic beings, higher entities that the Lord has given control over the nations. Job documents the sons of God going with Satan to present themselves before the Lord. As with Satan, he states that he's been going to and fro on the earth, up and down in it. He's also able to hold an audience before the Lord. This is an inner... Now, the sons of God, there are good angels. They're not, when they fall, they're not called the sons of God anymore okay um 
in the New Testament, a believer is actually called the sons of God. So it's it's Hebrew versus Greek, and so just understand there there is a difference there. Feet. We know that he's a deceiver. He's our adversary, the tempter, the ruler of demons, and he's got an army that chose to follow him. We also know that Satan can transform himself into an angel of light, and his angels ministers of righteousness. They have had contact with humanity throughout time, and they've been allowed and given control over this world. I'm reminded when Jesus was tempted by Satan in the wilderness. Satan offered Jesus the kingdoms of this world all in a moment of time. That's an interdimensional accomplishment. Jesus rebuked him and refuted him with scripture. But this shows the interdimensional qualities, as well as the allowed temporary authority over the kingdoms of this world. But all things are subject to the lordship of Christ. All things were created by him, for him, and by him all things consist. This is Satan's long game. He's been waiting on his final counterfeit to be fulfilled. He's preparing the world for his man of sin to get his brief go at being world king. I mentioned the deceptive quality of Satan and his minions. The majority of the world religions have come from fallen angels appearing to men and bringing a different Absolutely. gospel than the gospel of Christ. Yes. Many similarities can be traced through all of them. Works-based salvation, humanism, but they all deviate from and contradict the scripture. Yes. Paul called this out and gives dire warning that if anyone preaches a different gospel than the one we preach, let him be accursed. He goes further to include angels in this warning. So it's not only human beings bringing a deception. Fallen angels are known to do the exact same thing. When disclosure comes, the world will be presented with higher entities who are so much more advanced than we are and will be presented as spiritually advanced as well, as if being closer to God or even claiming to be gods themselves, duping humans that they understand better than we do. They will bring a different gospel directing the world to the final world religion of Antichrist. Since the beginning of civilization... Pretty much what I've been saying for the last, I don't know, 16 years, I think. Higher entities have been controlling and manipulating the governments of mankind. There's no evidence that this has stopped. Only the contrary. There is an interdimensional deception coming that's going to be sold to the world, and it will be a different gospel of universal proportions. This investigation proved many of my preconceived conclusions. We cannot lay a blanket... So this is the other brother that was doing the interviews. ...statement upon the government, because we've seen the rival factions coexisting in various agencies. I want to remind you that in Deuteronomy, we see that God warns and commands the children of Israel not to enter into covenant with the gods that ruled over the nations. The fact is, they have and do rule over the nations at the highest level. Satan is the ruler of this world, and he was able to offer Jesus the kingdoms of this world, further detailing that he is in control over the governments of this fallen creation until his appointed time. And his time is getting shorter and shorter. Yes, the problem is, is that we've been desupernaturalized, not just as a church, but as a world. Amen. The age of rationalism is here and now. We live in a time of seeing things through a dark lens of this modern rationale, which leaves so much potential for deception and missing the clear ancient understanding of this world and the true biblical narrative. We have to unlearn this rationalism. We must enter into a supernatural perspective. Which is what this whole teaching today has kind of been about for a lot of it. We're, we're talking about the supernatural side. We're talking about the, you know, we battle not against flesh and blood side. That's more real than our temporal existence, you know, where we're just interacting with each other in these types of things. What, what they're talking about is, is biblical. We approach the end of this current age. In ancient times, everyone picked a God and followed them because everything was out in the open. 
The gods had household names. They were always seen as the rulers of the kingdoms, high above the human religious and political puppets. The timing of all of this soft disclosure, from declassified documents to government leaks, it's all strategic, and it has been in the works for longer than America has been a constitutional nation. This soft disclosure is lining up internationally, both on the political and religious fronts, and it's all preaching a false gospel. This is the global work of the higher entities, nurturing in the great deception. It's time to be equipped in Jesus Christ, wearing the full armor of God, as outlined in the book of Ephesians. Not just living with a knowledge of God, but living and communing in His presence and on His terms. It's appointed for every man to die once, and then the judgment, according to Hebrews 9.27. We must choose this day who we will serve, and be either hot or cold, because Jesus Christ rejects those who are lukewarm. There is no salvation outside of Jesus Christ. There is no name besides His that bears salvation for mankind. The time to be vigilant is now, and if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, today could be your day of salvation. As the armies of darkness are being assembled in full force, so is the body of Christ. And it is my prayer that you be on the winning side, because in the end, Jesus wins. Amen. So I'm so out of time. I hope this even uploads, but go to, if you're not saved, go to the True Salvation tab at ContendingForTruth.com. It's, you click it, it's, it's up on the right side near the top. Those are the Fall Brothers you just heard there at the end. Excellent. I recommend basically everything they've any kind of dvd they've ever put out whether you got to buy it rent it whatever and i give you the link to there to buy higher entities what you just you only heard a little bit of it so you want to hear the whole thing i give you the link um and then you can probably find their other things that they their other stuff they sell they're they're excellent they they're i really believe they're in pursuit of truth so that's all i've got for today i'm going to get more into the great treaty we didn't have time in this one but we're going to do um more on this so we'll we'll do a part b on this and expand on it even further so god bless you and lord willing we will see you in the next audio